Welcome to YFC Now with news and encouragement from Fresno Madera Youth for Christ. Ministering to area kids for over 65 years, here is the host of YFC Now, Executive Director Ed Kazmarek. Welcome to the YFC Now show. This is Ed Kazmarek, the Executive Director. What happens when kids grow up without a healthy, wholesome family situation with a mom that maybe does drugs or is incarcerated or a dad who is absent? How do these kids learn about the loving heart of their father, uh, God himself, and the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, it can be a struggle, and uh, you're going to hear a wonderful testimony today. Our guest today uh, is Angie Gonzalez, and she came through a, a life, a situation like that. So welcome, Angie. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. Uh, Angie, I know that you've you told me that you've shared your story before, but we're going to hear it today. First time you've probably been on the radio, right? Yeah, it's been the first time. Well, uh, it's it's just you and me here, so we're, we're just going to chat about your story. Now, um, I know that, first of all, let's go back to the, to the start of your story. Um, tell me a little bit about your growing up, and then we're going to talk about your relationship with your mom. You told me a little bit about, but tell me how you grew up. Um, growing up, my... My father was an alcoholic, and my mom, she was like, when I was little, she was wonderful to me hmm. when, I was, when I was little, and she always did my hairs in little ponytails and dressed me up real cute, but something just had changed within her, I guess. I don't know exactly what happened, but she turned to methamphetamine, and hmm. soon after that, it's like my world just started crashing in. Because um, when I seen her doing that, I said, "Well, you know what, Mom, I'm gonna I'm gonna do methamphetamine too, so I could show you what it's like to see a loved one um, cave in." And about how old were you when she first started doing meth? I believe I was about ten. Okay. I was ten, and I did meth when I was eleven. Oh boy! Okay. And so we ended up doing it together. And we end up smoking meth together, which I know she really regrets that a lot. And she asks me sometimes not to say talk about it. But for me, it's like I feel the reason why I've been through what I've been through is because I have a purpose. I feel so strong that I have a purpose that God wants me to be able to reach out and talk to the young women. And even some of the mothers, even the, some families, they're going through the same situation as what I went through with my mother mm-hmm. and my father. You well, know. I know that only good can come of that because I know you've shared parts of your story already, and that's going to help other other kids and other families. I know that. So Definitely. Now, so you actually started smoking meth at age 11, and you told me earlier that you actually smoked with your mom sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell, I did. So tell me about that and, and then where that led in your life. Um, well, it basically, like, she just accepted the fact that what, what I was doing. I stopped going to school. I started um, involving myself in gangs. They became more like a family to me because my other family was distant. So um, I started getting into gangs, and I felt like if I was more appreciated, I was more respected, everybody was like, hey, come on, let's go do this. Let's go to the lake. Let's go barbecue. Let's go have fun, you know, just us. And um, anywhere we'd go, it was always a problem. It was always a problem. It always lead to, you know, fighting and um 
just a lot of different things. Mm. So, um, you know, Angie, that's something we hear a lot about when young people get involved in gangs is they don't have anything to cling to at home. There's nobody loving them and caring for them at home. And so they see these people out there and they want to be a part of a family. So their, their hunger, it's that void they're looking to fill. They're looking to fill it with whatever family they can find. Isn't, isn't that right? That's right. A lot of them won't admit it, but it's true. That's the reason why. Because if you go to your gang, you know, and then they see that usually what, ha- well, what ha- happened with me is that every time something started up and I would see one of my fellow gang members getting into a fight or getting into an argument, I would rather, it would like a spark in me. I used to say, you know what, come on, let's go. They were, they were like family to me, so I'd jump in and say, hey, whatever you're going through, we're going to go through it together. Mm, I see. Wow, and I, I've, I've heard of just the bond that can be there where you support one another, and I understand that. Now, where did being involved in gangs, now you're 11, 12, 13, now what, what happened in your life? Well, it was just, it was just like, like I said, just a spiral just going down. It was... I had my high points and my low points where my mom, she started, like I said, she started accepting the fact that I was gangbanging and um, she was accepting the lifestyle that I was living. So I would have parties over at the house. People would come over. Um, The people that, a lot of my best good friends, they started passing away. And um, because I was on drugs, I was just, my mind was just losing it. Mm -hmm. I, I remember one day, um, Waking up thinking, is my mind ever going to be the same? Am I ever going to be the same? I I felt like my mind was so polluted, polluted I wasn't going to be able to think right. And how old were you when that was happening? Um, I was about 15. Okay, f- just 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for a lot of us listening to this today, that seems like such a shock that yeah. a, just a 15-year-old is dealing with such heavy things. And you said that some of your friends were dying. Without naming names, how were they dying? Were they involved in... Shootouts. Okay. Um, yeah, shootouts, mm-hmm. fights, going to the club, okay. and um, encountering other uh, members from a different gang, and then, mm-hmm. you know, things would just go sour. Well, um, I went to school, too. I went to high school, and it just made it worse because when I was out there, it was like I was – so many people were drawn to me because they seen – that I wasn't scared. I wouldn't back down from anything. So they were drawn to me, I feel. And my mom always called me a leader. She said, Angie, you know you're a leader. Whether it's good or bad, somebody's going to follow you. So when I would go, it felt like I started joining more people. It was like recruiting more people. And my mom would tell me, Angie, you know, you can't go to school anymore. You're just getting too many people in trouble. So um, I didn't listen to her. And eventually, I ended up having a little riot at school. And then I got kicked out, so I wasn't allowed to go back. And um, so I didn't go back to school. And my mom and life life at home wasn't going good, so I would run away sometimes. I didn't I don't want to be around her. You know, she would have boyfriends that I didn't like, and I just would leave home. We never connected, and I felt like it was her fault. The reason why I was going through what I was going through, I didn't have. She never encouraged me to go to school, never encouraged me to to get it right, to get my mind, you know, to let go of all the stuff that I was feeling uh, of resentment, you know, my mom and my dad, 
I felt like if they didn't love me, my dad, he always, he always would listen to whatever his girlfriend would say. If I would go over, it would, it would be on a time limit, mm. even before I got into the gangs. So I felt like they didn't care enough for me to be able to help me out or care about what I was going through, you know, or to listen to what I was feeling. And you see that, and I still see that to this day. There's a lot of people that when you go walk down the streets or, you know, if especially in the neighborhoods that are troubled, you walk down the street and you can see kids roaming around by themselves, mm-hmm. you know, nine, five, seven years old, and they're looking for other people to to say, hey, I see you, I recognize you, you know, how's your day, or mm. um, somebody to, so they can have a friend or someone to talk to with, in a positive way, and you don't really, you don't really see that, some people just kind of ignore it still, it still happens. Let me ask you this, Angie, because that's so important, just that, the the need that kids have for love in their lives, and an adult to speak into their lives, when was the time, can you think of the time when someone first stepped into your life and encouraged you? Where was it? Was that in juvenile hall or was it, a, a, did you? Oh, yeah. I started, once it started getting really bad, um, I ended up meeting Charlene. And you were in juvenile hall? Yeah, I okay. was in juvenile hall. And so those who have listened to this show know that Charlene is one of our staff at Youth for Christ. Yeah. Okay. I met Charlene and she was just so, oh my goodness, so wonderful to me. Like, all the memories that I can think of are just so beautiful. She ended up um, coming in. I met her at um, juvenile hall, and she would have talked to me. She'd pull me to the side, and she'd see that I was so troubled. And I was just so mad, and I was just angry at the world. And she would come in, and she would just have her her voice real low and calm and say, Hey, kiddo, how's your day? What's going on? How are you feeling? Or why is it that you feel this way? And what can we do to make it better? And she started telling me, you know, you know, well, well, it's time that you get this feeling of resentment and start forgiving and give it to the Lord and tell him, you know, what, please, Lord God, take this feeling of um, anger away. And she was starting to show me how to do things differently. Mm-hmm. So um, it was kind of hard. Like I would I would follow to what she was telling me to do, but it was really hard because I was still going through it. And juvenile hall, it felt like, you know, there's so many people that are going to try to step on you in there. Everyone wants to be on top. And, you know, someone's always trying to act like they're tougher than you or something. So it was kind of hard to um, to put that in play, what she was telling me to do. Sure. But on the inside, I was saying, I was crying out, Lord God, you know, at that time I was saying, if there is God, please help me. I need it. Mm. You know what? All my life is just sinful and ugly, you know. What? How could anyone possibly, you know, love me at this point? Mm. But she was, she stayed by my side. And um, when I had got out, um, my grandparents, they had, here and there, they had always raised me. You know, my mom wasn't really there, so they were always trying to step in and tell me, Angie, come on, Angie, you know, get out of that lifestyle. So I went to go stay with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, and my grandmother, she, she told me, Angie, you know, they have a really good, um, program called the 180 at Cornerstone. That's Cornerstone Church downtown. Yeah, correct. Uh So she told me, Angie, come on, let's go. And I did not want to go. I said, no, grandma, no, 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 no. 
I'm not going to go and I'm not going to be a hypocrite. She says, Angie, let me read you a verse from the Bible. There's, is it okay? If oh, I... absolutely. I, you've got your Bible here and I, I see that it's well worn. Yeah. But you've got a verse you want to share. Go ahead. Yeah. So my grandmother, she said, Angie, oh my goodness. She was up all night, you know, reading her Bible and praying for me. And um, she says, Angie, look, check this out what I found. Um, it's Romans 7. Um, 9 through 25. Okay. Before I knew about the law, I was alive. But as soon as I heard that condemned, I'm sorry, command, sin came to life and I died. The very command that was supposed to bring life to me instead brought death. Sin used this command, command to trick me and became of it... I, Oh, because of it, I died. Sorry. Still, the law and its commands are holy and correct and good. Am I saying that something good caused my death? Certainly not. It was it was sin that killed me by using something good. Now we can see how terrible and evil sin really is. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am merely a human, and I have been sold as a slave to sin. In fact, I understand <clears throat> I act why I act the way I do. I do what I know is right. I do the things I hate. Although I do what I know is right, I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing these evil things. The sin that lives is me, in me is what does them. I know that my selfish desires won't let me do anything that is good. Even when I want to do right, I cannot. Instead of doing what I know is right, I do wrong. And so if I don't do what I know is right, I am no longer the one doing these evil things. The sin that lives in me is what does them. The law has shown me that something in me keeps me from doing what is, I know is right. With my whole heart, I agree with the law of God. But in every part of me, I discover something fighting against my mind. And it takes me as a prisoner of sin that controls everything I do. What a miserable person I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is doomed to die? Thank God, Jesus Christ will rescue me. So with my mind, I serve the law of God, although my selfish desires make me serve the law of sin. Wow. So when she had read that to me, I was like, wow, Grandma, that is so wonderful. It was. It felt like if that was, like that part of the Bible was just for me. So here's Paul struggling with the same thing you're struggling with 2,000 years later. Yes. So hmm. I felt like, wow, you know, here I am doing sinful things. And I feel like I can't give myself to God because how is he going to want somebody that's been through so many horrible things? Hmm. And, you know, if my own mother and father, I feel like they can't love me because of what they're going through. I feel like they, they can't accept me. They don't, you know, they're putting me to the side. How can someone else love me? How could God love me? That's how I was feeling. I see. So my grandmother said, come on, you you just have to try it. So I ended up going to 180 and I met, is it okay for me to say oh, his name? sure. Pastor uh, Michael Zavala. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, it was like a, like a spark just lit inside of me because he was involved in gangs before and he was all tatted up just like, you know, because I have tattoos that are visible and people, when they see my tattoos, they say, oh, you know, what kind of girl is this? She must be someone of a really bad background. 
but they don't know, you know, no one, they, people always judge you based on what you, what you look like, or, um, I say you're an outcast, you know, just right. try to stay away from that person. But it was him that drew me in and I said, Oh wow. And everything that he spoke about, it felt like if he was speaking to me, you know, the gangs, he wanted the, the drugs, the, um, the feeling of like, no, like an outcast, you know, nobody, nobody wants to deal with us because mm-hmm. we're the ones that don't listen and, mm-hmm. you know, um, stuff like that. You know, some of my friends were having children at a really young age mm-hmm. and nobody wanted any, no other kids wanted to be around them because, Hey, you know what? This girl, she has kids at a young age. What is she, you know, what kind of person is she? So, sure. you know, all those, all those things are being dealt with there. Yeah. So Pastor Michael really related to you. You related to him. Like the verse you read us, yeah. you understood where you've come from, that even though you want to do good, it was hard. It, it was too hard to do good. And you do the things you don't want to do over and over. Okay. And so here you are. Now you're at Cornerstone Church. And what really was it? What was a moment that you really gave your life to the Lord and their transformation happened? Uh, soon after I went to 180. Mm-hmm. Soon after I went to 180, I started getting involved in the drama team, and um, and I started surrounding myself with um, positive people that mm-hmm. wanted to see me do right, and um, that's when I knew. I said, you know what? I started realizing, like, this is what my calling is. This is what per- my purpose is in life. Do I regret my past? Yeah, there's a lot of things I regret, but... And uh, do I wish I could erase it right now? Honestly, no, because I feel like that's what God has me here for is to be able to reach back into the lives of the girls that are going through it now because it's still happening now. People just don't see it so much. It's not out there like, you know, visible to the eye, but it's still going on in our very neighborhoods, across the street from us, next door. You know, there's a lot of things that are going on. And I feel like I have a lot to offer. Now I have my own children, you know, and even I'm able to even offer, you know, to talk with some of the girls from my past and tell them, hey, you know what? Some of them struggle with being a mother. And I tell them, hey, you know, this is what I've learned with my child. And it's cool to do this. Um, You know, I show them some of them get a little frustrated. Oh, what do they want? What does the baby want? You know, the, the baby keeps on crying. And I tell them, hey, just pick them up and try these different mm. things. Try to burp them, you know, mm-hmm. change them, different things. And um, some some girls might say, hey, you know what? I don't know how to get out of the gang life. It's just right there. Everyone in my neighborhood is going through it. How do I do it? And I tell them, hey, you know what? It's just one, it's one step at a time. But first, you got to know that our Lord God is here to save you. He mm. wants you to He wants you to pray pray to him. You know, it's like. I feel like we have to make a stronger step now and be like, you know what, Lord God, this is this is what's going on. Let's recognize what's going on and take a step forward and say, you know what, now is the time to start forgiving and to um, reach out to like-minded people that are saying, hey, you know what, this is the situation, what's going on right now. We need to reach out to each other and hold on. Don't give up. Mm. So, Angie, your mom said that you're a leader, and I, I see that too. How old are you now? 23. 23. Okay. Yeah. So you're a young leader. You've gone through a lot, even as a 15, 16, as a mm-hmm. teenager, you right. went through so much. You've been through stuff with your family. It's not all, nothing, not everything is healed. As you've told me, mom still struggles. You still struggle with 
some relationships, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But you're being a leader. You're actually being a mentor to other young women. And so tell me more about how you feel like that's a calling. I mean, how you feel like you want to do that. How do you, how do you want to do that? Are you going to do that through church or? Uh, how am I going to do it? Yeah. Do you... Any way possible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any way possible. And you're doing even that in your neighborhood. Even if it's reaching out to the people in my neighborhood, um, if it's going to the juvenile hall, um, if it's coming on to your radio show. Sure. You know, maybe sometimes whenever you could have me. Mm-hmm. If it's however, you know, however That's I can great. do it, wherever I'm needed, definitely. That's really you great. You know, um, you 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 mentioned that uh, you talk to girls in your neighborhood and whatnot. And earlier, you mentioned to me that even though you are not, you don't consider yourself a gang member. It doesn't work that way. That when you're in a gang, the gang kind of always considers you a gang member. Isn't that right? So that's yeah. kind of some of the baggage that you're going to have to carry or the, the, the load that you're going to have to carry because of your past life. Definitely. Just tell me about that and how you want to go forward from here in your life. Well, yeah. So, um, for instance, like Facebook, um, I have some of my friends from my past on my Facebook, and they've seen the different things that I've gone through because, they, you know, with Facebook, you're able to watch what people are going through in their life. Some of them kind of look at me and they're like, Hey, you know what? How how are you doing this? How is it that you know you're taking everything that happened back then with us, and you're starting to um, open up and talk to these different gang members that we didn't talk to before? And why is it that you're talking to these people? You shouldn't be talking to these mm-hmm. people. Or um, some of them are accepting of it, but the way I see it is that that's not the most important. That's thing. not the most important thing right now. What's important is reaching out to them. You know, mm-hmm. for me, it's reaching out to them and telling them that, hey, you don't have to be in a gang to be able to prove yourself or anything like that. We all have a purpose in life. That's what I feel. We all have a purpose in life, whether it's to be, you know, go through the gang and you have something else to offer. And, you know, I feel like eventually you just wait and see. I'm going to have a gang. I'm going to have my gang back. But they're going to be all from different colors, mm-hmm. whether it be uh blue bandana red bandana but we're gonna be serving for christ Mm. okay so everyone feels a lot of these gang members feel why would god want me well it's because he don't he don't keep a track of sins and you know like my pastor said um pastor uh phil ski from on ramps church he said he says, God don't keep a track of your sins. He don't say, hey, you know what? You did this the other day, so I'm going to hold you to it. No, it's once you, once you give yourself to the Lord, a lot of people feel you have to be straight right on. It's something that's a work in progress. You know, you have to um, just know that it's going to be a brighter day and not everything is going to be wonderful. Not everyone is going to be nice to you just because you're serving the Lord. You know, sure. so um, I wanted to share this really quick. Sure. quick. It's Psalms. One, um, 130 verse, um, one through five from the sea of troubles. I call to you, Lord, won't you please listen as I beg for mercy. If you keep records of our sins, no one could last long, but you forgive us. And so we will worship you with all my heart. I am waiting Lord for you. I trust your promises. I'll wait for you more eagerly. And a soldier on ground duty waits for the dawn. So I just thought that that was really cool. Um, he don't keep record of your sins. Right, 
Right. And he just wants you to serve him. That's beautiful. Angie, we have come to the end of our time. I just so appreciate the scripture that you've shared and your testimony. And I know there's more to talk about, but you know what? You've given a story that's really important for people to hear. And I want to thank you for coming in today. Thank you for having me. You bet. Can I pray for you real quick? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Let's do this. Lord, I just want to thank you for Angie. The The road that you've brought her through is amazing. It's a, a valley of the shadows of death that you walked her through. And here she is today, ready and eager to serve you. And I pray that you use her mightily, especially in the lives of other young women, as she shares her testimony and shares the word of God. Thank you for her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So thank you, Angie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope this testimony has been an inspiration to you as we see God doing work in the lives of our youth, of our teens. And thank you for your support. Thanks for praying for Youth for Christ. God bless. Bye-bye. You've been listening to YFC Now. Contact us with your comments and questions at 237-4741. Visit us on Facebook or on the web at yfcnow.org. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting our youth.